Greetings, amigos, and top teners everywhere. Welcome back to another edition of Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I am your co-host, Kyle. Opposite me today is Mike. He's doing something very inappropriate with his hands. Very inappropriate pantomime, which I will not describe on these airwaves. <laughs> I'm also joined by dear friend and dear friend of the pod, Alex. You may recognize him from a couple of other episodes he's been on. Now, what the three of us will do today is discuss a top 10 list that Alex has put together. Now, I think I know the topic, but he's been known to change it on me at the last minute, so I guess we'll see. Um, he's drafted a top 10, initial dra a draft version of this top 10 list. We will then vigorously debate it, and then by the end of this episode, we'll have a definitive version of this top 10 list. So Alex, what, what did you end up making a list about this week? Oh, so hey Kyle, what's up, man? Good to see, good to, good to hear you, man. Hey, uh, yes, I have been known to change the topic on the one time I was on this podcast. Uh, no, I, uh, no, I think no, yeah, you're right. All right, because uh, originally I was we were gonna do top ten Tom Cruise movies because I had just seen Risky Business, but no, I did keep to, oh. I did just I did keep to the theme that we agreed upon, which was uh, top ten Tom Hanks movies. And so, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, because the reason, the reason for the switch, we were, I was looking through all the movies I have seen with Tom Cruise, and I realized out of the ten I've seen, six of them have been the same exact movie in Mission Impossible. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. So it's a, uh, yeah. There's there's a handful of you know all the movies in between there, but they're not. It's like it's it's hard. Whereas Tom Hanks, you know, I, I think uh, you know. I think he's one of the greatest actors of all time, if not the greatest actor of all time. He uh, he has a huge range, and um, you know, I just I, I think I've enjoyed I th I've enjoyed in some in any in, like small way, like in like every move I've ever seen him in. And so I'm happy to be putting together this list. I've done a lot of research the last two days since I've decided to do this, and uh, yeah, at research as in I watched like I watched five Tom Hanks movies in the last two days. So, wow! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Some that I have seen, some that I uh, that I haven't seen in a while, some that I hadn't seen actually. And so I'm happy. One of them I think you guys both probably love the bottom of your heart um and, and uh i'm excited to talk about that with you guys because i also like this movie even though you think i wouldn't um and so yeah happy to get into this all right so alex before we get rolling my question is kind of big picture so when you ranked this list were you thinking in terms of alex's favorite tom hanks or were you thinking more like critically acclaimed or were you thinking some sort of mix of like hey this was critically acclaimed and a big movie how, how are you ranking um i think more the former because um i think one or two of the movies that i'm looking at the list right here actually that, yeah there's one specific movie on this list that wasn't critically acclaimed but did make my top 10 list and so this is specifically tom hanks's abilities as an actor his performance like what he is able to bring to life okay. on the screen and less about whether or not it was necessarily critically acclaimed. Like, obviously... And, and and less about just your favorites. This is what kind of your take on his best roles. Yes, I... Yes. Okay. I love it. I love it. He's the most beloved man in America. He's, uh... I think he's that's fighting. True. I I think he's fought the corona. I think he's beaten the coronavirus. Am I am I mistaken? Or he, I know he was diagnosed, but I don't know what the status is. To the extent that we are uh, can state that somebody has been has gotten it and beaten it, yes, 
we're not sure how that works just yet. Um, yeah. Yeah. Darn. Well, but yes. yeah, he's, uh, he's beaten a lot of opponents. He, he's what? He's beaten a lot of opponents. Unfortunately, he hasn't beaten his son as an opponent. His son is, is a ne'er-do-well who speaks in a fake uh, Jamaican accent. It's very <laughs> I think his son is a weird. rapper or something. I've seen... I've seen, Yeah, his, he is. I've seen one movie with his son. It was weird. Not Colin Hanks, to be clear. Colin Hanks is normal and just kind of looks like his dad. He has another son, like Trevor yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah who's like... <laughs> I'm not even going to do the voice because it's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> he does a weird voice. He doesn't talk like Tom Hanks' son should. Nah, it's really disappointing to see <laughs> beloved actors with like disappointing sons, a la Will yeah. Smith and Jaden Smith. But you know, there's that's another conversation. Yeah, Jaden still has time, at least. Yeah, that's true. How old is Jaden? True. I don't know. I, the problem is, I the problem is that you can blame Will Smith. Like Tom Hanks' kid, yeah. it's hard to blame Tom Hanks. But Will Smith got weird too. <laughs> So, like, his kids being weird is not just an anomaly. This is going to be a very hard list to put together, because Tom Hanks has been in, like, third, like, literally probably, like, 30-plus popular, like, well-seen, yeah, like, critically acclaimed movies. Like, like our next 10 after our top 10 are going to be better than most everybody else's career that we could talk about. Like, his 100%, career has yeah. been... So absurdly illustrious. Like you know how they say Tom Brady's had two Hall of Fame careers. Like the two thousand. This isn't just me shamelessly plugging Tom Brady, but it's like the first ten years and then the second ten years. Tom Hanks had a Hall of Fame career from like nineteen eighty three to nineteen ninety four, and then again from nineteen ninety five to he's probably had three. Like his most recent yeah. iteration is also awesome. He's just amazing, and he's. Well, he's if you started right now, yeah. I bet like whatever he does between now and the end of his career is probably another Hall of Fame career. Yeah, hundred percent. I was just gonna say that's apologies to everyone in advance that are gonna be mad that we left off like your all time favorite Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, but not our fault. Oh, that's yeah, it's yeah. not us. I definitely you know I counted the number. I like looked at his like filmography. I counted the movies I've seen with him. I've seen seventeen. Well, I excluded the the animated ones, but I've seen seventeen. Like live action Tom Hanks movies, and so you excluded animated for the purposes of this list. Uh, for the purpose of mm, yes and no, uh, you'll see. There is one animated okay. movie that I do want to talk about, and I didn't really like. I originally I was like, "There's no way I'm going to count animated movies," but then the more I thought about it, I was like, "Well, he really sets. He really makes this movie." Like, um, and so I could tell by Kyle's face. I think he knows what movie I'm talking about already. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, I've seen 17, um, non-animated Tom Hanks movies. And, uh, I love, I, I love them all. Like, I haven't seen it. Like, I haven't seen a movie with him that I like truly thought was awful or, or like disliked or I thought was bad. Um, and so, yeah, I think, um, I'm happy to do, just dive into the list. You ready? Yeah. What's number 10? All right, so uh, yeah, I have some honorable mentions, but I'm just—we'll talk about those afterwards. Number ten is Polar Express. So that is the animated movie that made <laughs> that made the top ten list. Okay, because I didn't realize this. I was talking with my friend. Um, I didn't realize that Tom Hanks pretty much voices like all the adults' roles in that movie. Like I thought he was just the conductor, yeah. which I thought was really cool, and I will never forget like the sound of like Tom Hanks's voice when he says "Welcome to the Polar Express" or whatever, or "This is the Polar Express." Like he's, uh, he's his his voice is very dis- like 
he has a very distinct voice already, but like it really comes through in that role, probably because he's the only role that talks a lot in the movie. But still, it's uh, it's still like a movie that you know for nostalgia factor, um, just the fact that he you know he occupies all those different roles in the movie. It's it's a big it's a big reason why I put this on this one on the list as opposed to some others. And so that is uh, that is number ten for me. It's a pretty serious flex for the Polar Express people to be like. Tom, we want you to play every character. And he's like, every character? They're like, that's right, every character. Even the bum shoveling coal in the bottom of the train? Like, <laughs> yes, that guy too. Conductor, <laughs> bum guy, uh, Santa Claus. He plays Santa. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, okay. hard to imagine another actor who could get that call and not have it be, like, a total joke. It's still weird. Like, not even Tom yes. Hanks can make it all the way not weird. Yeah. But it's probably the <laughs> least weird with Tom it's Hanks. It's as close as it was going to get. Like, what Like what if they'd done it with Steve Buscemi? Yeah. yeah that, Jack Black. Like, the worse. Jack Black, like, there's just too much energy. That's the thing about Tom Hanks is he's just a very calming presence. He, he, yeah. But a lot of other actors just thrive on chaos. That's, that's the like, like I think that's the beautiful thing is like I didn't like it took me until yesterday to realize that he was all those different characters. Yeah. Is that he was able to project a different vibe to all those different like to all those different characters. It's crazy. Um, where yeah. like I'm trying to think who else has been able to do that. Like I, for some reason I'm only I can only think of like Michael Myers in the Austin Powers series where he's well, the, <laughs> Austin <laughs> Powers, Doctor Evil, and the Matt obvious Matt. answer is. Uh, <laughs> The obvious answer is uh, Eddie Murphy and the Nutty Professor. Yeah, the various clumps were all giving off very <laughs> different vibes. Or uh, remember Hercules, in um, Hercules, Hercules. Remember in um, Tropic Thunder when Jack Black plays? It's like the Nutty Professor spoof for the, like, yeah. like the fatties or something. <laughs> <laughs> he plays all of them. <laughs> oh, that's a nightmare. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Well. We're officially off track, but yeah. um, I, <laughs> I've actually I've never seen the Polar Express in its entirety. I really? think it's just um, like pieces of it lodge in my brain because it's hard to like unsee it. But it's so um, creepy. It's, it's just creepy. So creepy. <laughs> it's it's yeah. scary at times. Which it's like too really because the book is incredible. It's really scary. Remember the train is like veering off the ice or something. Oh, yeah. It's like this is not what I remember yeah. from the children's book at all. Like there is no there is no prom <laughs> like there was no like. Oh. It's Caldecott winner, isn't it? What was that? It won the Caldecott medal, I think. It was a classic. Yeah, like, I don't... I don't remember, like, too... Like, I remember the book being kind of, like, a little bit creepy or, like... But it wasn't, like, scary. Whereas aspects of the Polar Express were definitely scary. Like... Yeah. Does it turn out that the kid is mentally ill like the kid in Where the Wild uh, Things Are? <laughs> hey, have you seen Where the Wild Things no. Are? No, it's incredible. It's a, it makes you feel really weird, but it's really <laughs> is he good. also in that? Is he like I saw Tom Hanks's like name is attached to that? In no, way. no, it's, yeah, he's um, all the wild things. Yeah, he's every one of them. He's also weird. <laughs> um, no, it's James Gandolfini. <laughs> okay, okay, because I thought I saw his name as like a producer or something. I couldn't tell. Um, I don't know. Yeah, should we uh, should we all do right. number nine? So Alex, hit us with number nine. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The next one I have, and I, I doubt either of you have seen this movie, but it's it's a movie. It's the Lady Killers. Have you guys seen the Lady Killers? No. I know the movie, and I remember his accent, but I have not exactly. Seen it. He plays a southern like he he pretty much looks like Colonel Sanders throughout the whole movie. Yeah, he is. He's yeah, Colonel he's, Sanders. He's, he's like 
That's the that's the yeah. Answer. But he has like a PhD. He's oh like a do- like he's like a smart, supposedly the smart guy. So this is actually a Coen Brothers movie. I didn't realize that until I looked it up. But it is uh, it has like the exact same tone or vibe as like Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Um, it's like yeah. kind of got like this mystical vibe almost to it. But it's like real world ish. Um, and so what happens in this movie? Basically, Tom Hanks plays the head of like this criminal gang of five people. And so in those five, and Kyle, you would love this, one of his co- compete, uh, comrades is um, the guy that plays J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Yeah, Simmons. Yeah, he plays... He plays... Uh, Holy yeah, fuck. The, the, the gang is it's preposterous. So his he plays a guy named Garth. His girlfriend... He calls his girlfriend the Mountain. And so the Mountain <laughs> is this girl that works as like a diner. Like he freaking... <laughs> I was watching one of the scenes earlier and they're all sitting at this diner. They're sitting at the, wa- the Waffle Hut. That's where they congregate to talk about their mischie- mischievous deeds. And they have an agreement that only they are allowed to be there and like talk and like be like be near each other. That no one else is allowed to come. And then uh, uh, J. Jonah Jameson's character or whatever brings his girl from the mountain. And Marlon Wayans is one of the other guys in the crew. He's like, "Did you oh bring God. a bitch to the fucking Waffle Hut?" <laughs> and he's just like flipping out on him, and it's hysterical. Um, and so, like, I have a greater appreciation for this movie now because as a kid, I didn't actually like this movie that much. But I like thinking back about the scenes that I watched and like just everything that happens. I think I would enjoy it more as an adult because I was I was just watching some more scenes. And um, who else is in it? So Marlon Wayans, the guy that plays J. Jonah Jameson, J.K. Simmons, his name. Yeah. Uh, this guy, his name is C. Ma. He plays like you guys know who he is. He plays like the uh, the Chinese, uh, you know, prime minister, the president in Arrival. He plays like oh, I do he know plays, him. I yeah, love he, him. He's, if you he's need an old Chinese guy or an old Asian guy, he seems to have occupied that space now. Um, and so yeah, he's he's also um, in like he plays. He's in the Silicon Valley for like a couple episodes where. He's like, this is new China. We're nice and we treat our employees well. And and Gavin Benson is like, there is no new oh, China. Yeah. It's just China. Okay, <laughs> there's no old Sri Lanka. There's no new Sri Lanka. It's just Sri Lanka. Yeah, that's what he. It's, it's um. So there's him, and then this is other guy from like Sons of Anarchy. And so they play this ragtag group of criminals. They're trying to like steal money for a casino. Wait, 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 wait. Other guy from Sons of Anarchy. That's Gary Bertier. Yeah, I don't really know him too well. I think he was in Remember the Titans. Yeah, Gary Bertier. He's not his real name is something else, but he's Gary Bertier from Remember the Titans. <laughs> Ryan Hurst. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. I was looking up his name earlier, yeah. and uh, so yeah, that's the Criminal Five. Tom Hanks is the leader of them. They're all trying to steal money from this casino, and they're trying to stake out in this older black lady's house. And she's like, kind of like, she's very old school. She thinks she thinks like there shouldn't. She thinks the world should go back to desegregation. Like she doesn't think oh, she doesn't think there should be interracial marriage or what's or anything like that. It's like kind of it's like ridiculous how like you know hip like how uh, you know how bad her views are. But she's like this old school lady, and so uh, they all camp out in her house. They trick her into thinking that you know they're like this church choir group, and they just need a place to stay for a little bit while they like st- um, steal money from the casino and hide it in her house. But then she finds out about the little plot. And so they all decide, like, you know, they have to kill her. And so the whole movie is just predicated on them, like, taking turns, figuring out how to, like, kill this woman. And that's where the hilarity ensues, because the fucking, like, when the when the Asian dude... Oh, by the way, the Asian guy, he is, uh, he owns, 
he's a former Viet Cong. Like that, it's implied that he is former Viet Cong. It is implied that he got his mil- He's like this military gruffy, like tough guy, and like it is implied that he was in the Viet Cong, and now in pro- like present day U.S., he is an owner of a donut shop. And so the the movie is just ridiculous in its premise entirely. But when he like when it's his turn to kill the lady, he freaking he like he's supposed to do it like just straight up like choke her to death. But he's smoking a cigarette, and so he's like. He has a cigarette in his mouth, freaking the alarm clock goes off, he accidentally swallows his cigarette, and then he's, like, trying to reach for water, he picks up a glass of water, it's got his, her, like, the old lady's teeth in it, and then he, like, ends up, oh, he God. ends up spitting that out, and then he ends up, like, falling down the stairs and dying, and so everyone kind of... Alright, well, alright, well, I get a pause, hold on, alright, so here's, here's what I need to know. So, we've gotten the movie, it sounds like a ridiculous film. Kyle and I have had this sort of thing before where we've talked about an actor's, um best roles and like what's you know how does it relate to the movie so here's what i want to know from you what is your letter grade so like a a minus b whatever for the movie and what do you think it would be with some other actor in tom hanks's okay so the movie i would say is like a c c minus it's like not a good movie like i'm but what would it have been if Tom Hanks wasn't well, in it? Well, Tom Hanks' individual performance alone is, like, at least an A- minus or something. Like, he is phenomenal. His his Southern twang is, like, it's not ridiculous to the point... It's not... It's ridiculous, but not to the point where it's, like, this is just, like, a terrible bad... Like, I don't... Like, at no point yeah. do I think Tom Hanks phones it in during this movie. Like, it's a Coen Brothers movie. It's... You know, I had hopes for it. Um, but I remember leaving just thinking, like, that wasn't that good at all. Or I didn't think it was that funny. But I think maybe I was just, like, you know, too young to really appreciate it. Because I was, again, looking at the scenes now, looking at some of the things that, you know, some of the lines that Tom Hanks has, the way he delivers it. I think it's, I think he does a great job in the movie. And I think he's, like, it makes the list because he's able to elevate it a little bit. And so, um, anyone else, I don't, I don't, yeah. It's hard, like, when I think of, like, other top actors, I also, like, male actors, I think of, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, Robert De Niro. And, hmm, I can maybe see Philip, because I also think Philip Seymour Hoffman is just as good as Tom Hanks is, just doesn't have, like, the same prominence. I can maybe see him, like, pulling off, like, that type of role as well. One interesting thing about this one is that it's more of an ensemble cast, which, like, thinking of the other Tom Hanks movies that he's most well-known for, he's usually playing directly off someone else or it's like pretty much tom hanks focused or if it's the polar express it's tom hanks ensemble with yeah. tom hanks with other tom hanks <laughs> i'm gonna have to go back for this one based on your description for sure yeah next i got um speaking of ensemble cast the next one i have is uh saving private ryan whoa this whoa. is a surprise at number eight yeah. Because I was actually just discussing this movie the other day with somebody. I think it was Caroline, because that's the only person I see now. Um, and saying that this movie just, it doesn't work without Tom Hanks. Because it's a great movie. The The actual like logic of the movie is just really tight. I think it's cool how there's just a couple of main checkpoints to get to. It's like, all right, we're here, we gotta get here. We're here, we gotta get here. The movie's just, you know, it's not a hot take to say it's well-crafted. But I think the movie lacks an emotional core without Tom Hanks, because I don't think maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but I don't think anybody cared about Matt Damon in this movie the way they cared about Tom Hanks. Like the story of this film is the bravery, the quiet bravery of a person who's put in a situation that's just not 
for them. Like that's that's the story of that generation as sort of, you know, told by them for sure, but also of this movie as told by Spielberg. It's the story of Tom Hanks rising to the occasion. The reason it works so well, I think, and this is true of a lot of his roles, is that like he's so easily vis- like it's so easy to see him as a person that shouldn't be involved in this war at all. Like he just looks like a middle-aged dude that is forced into this scenario and that's what makes it so good. But I, like, that's why it had to be Tom Hanks specifically because he looks more of like an everyman than maybe anybody else does. But yeah, it just, it just works so perfectly. Like there's just so many ways to do this role wrong. Like there's, there's the version of this where he's a coward and Tom Hanks is no coward in this movie. He is an insanely brave character. There's also the version where he's too much of a badass. And, you know, if he's too much of a badass, then the movie loses a lot of its emotional resonance. There's the version where he's just kind of a taskmaster. Well, that doesn't work either because then you don't care about, you know, the people around him are, are going against him. Like, there's just so many checks he has to, you know, kind of marks he has to check off. And that sometimes conflict with each other. And he just does it masterfully. Yeah, I like I like the movie. The reason why that movie makes the list um it sounds like you think it should be higher based on what you like based on your initial reaction i think it's because i just i think it's the one it's it's a movie that i think i just can't even imagine this movie without him which is funny because like practically speaking like just plot wise he's not that important he in fact he basically is not important at all to the plot of the movie but to the emotional core of the movie i just i don't think it has one yeah i think i I think for me it is Mm, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it felt like the screen time, like he, 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 like he is and isn't the main character of that movie. It's like the reason why yeah. it's kind of lower is because it's like an ensemble, like it is an ensemble cast, and he doesn't have as much screen time. But like the like he still has the scenes where he stands out, specifically the scene where he reveals to his whole unit that he's a, a you know he was a former teacher, and so that was like you know I thought that was like a super powerful scene in the way he just delivers just matter of factly. You know, to kind of like rally his troops. He's like, I was a teacher. I taught, you know, so and so great. I'm like, he's from like this small town in Pennsylvania. And it was just, I thought, you know, very few people can like deliver such a short scene so powerfully as well as Tom Hanks could. And so, um, yeah, I think that's, I think it's just lack of screen time is kind of why it's a little bit lower for me. Um, but you'll see as we get up this list, it's like mostly focused on it's just him. Um, and so, yeah, I think, uh, Next one, I think, I got in that case, yeah, next one I would put uh, League of Their Own. And so this is, uh, this, is, this is the movie that I watched in the last two days. In fact, I watched it last night. I, I stayed up to like 2 a.m. watching it. I watched uh, yesterday, I watched You've Got Mail, Big, and then League of Their Own, in that order. And so uh, I love League. All excellent films. Yeah, they were all great. I loved, I loved League of Your, uh, League of Their Own so much, and I said that you know you guys might be be a little bit surprised because you know that I I hate baseball with so many with so much passion, but I'm I'm starting to realize that I hate this I hate baseball, but I love baseball related movies. Like I love uh, Field of Dreams. I love yeah. Sandlot. Obviously, it's League of Their Own. I like like if. The fan, Mr. 3000. Mr. 3000. Like, if they could just take baseball, like, everyday baseball, and make it into, like, these big Hollywood productions, like, like all 160 games, then I would probably love baseball. But, <laughs> but uh, until, until that, we're, we're, it's just going to be the movies for me. Alex, 
There's no crying in podcasting, <laughs> right? Nope. Uh... Oh, man. Yeah, so also kind of the same thing. Uh, kind of, you know, he's ensemble cast. He's like, I kind of, I knew he was in this movie, but he's not in it until like at least the, the 20 to 30 minute mark. Really enjoyed this movie. I know to veer off topic a little bit, I really liked John Lovitz. I was really disappointed that he was only in it for like 10 minutes. And the, But in the 10 minutes that he's in it, he's phenomenal. He just shit talks everybody. He like, there's this one line where he's going into like the baseball field with those two girls from Oregon. And he's like, you see those, see the grass cow girls? Don't eat it. And it's just like, it's so ridiculous. Um, he's, uh, he's just so, so mean and vicious. But anyways, yeah, I love John Lovis in it for like the 10 minutes. The storyline was really great. I felt bad for, you know, like the things that the woman had to go through to kind of prove themselves. And then Tom Hanks, this is the only movie I've seen Tom Hanks where he kind of plays like a not good guy at first, you know, like that's what stands out. Well, what I, what I think is really cool is there's, um, we'll have, I would assume another Penny Marshall movie in here. So Penny Marshall is the director of this film and she directed another one that Tom Hanks is in and she just gets his energy and what makes him so special, especially at this time in his career, kind of earlier, in a way that I think is really cool. And I think you're right. It's neat to see him flex a little bit of the he's not just some sweetheart in this movie kind of muscle. And I think it works really well, but it it always is with the understanding of exactly who he is and like the kind of energy he can bring to this movie. I think I think this is another one where it's important that he be a lot of different things Especially because he's sort of, you know, he's the main male counterweight to a movie about women. And it's important that as sort of like the balance to that, he hit a lot of notes the right way. It's a delicate balance, too, because I feel like that character is like pretty dangerously close to being overwritten, especially early. And he balances it nicely. Like, yeah, he really gets the point across that he's kind of an ass without overdoing it. And making it like hammy you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah i think i totally. think it's because they show like it's very brief in the way it's portrayed like how he's portrayed as like an ass like it's like when it's when you see it on camera it lasts for like a few seconds and then it goes back to the girls because the movie is about the woman and you know where yeah. they're in their play and he's kind of just there to help this eventually help facilitate it um and so yeah i thought you know that scene where he throws the baseball glove at that like that kid um the stillwell angel yeah do you remember that scene where he like literally pelts a baseball glove at that kid and knocks him to the ground or he he tells like there's a lot of like a lot of memorable lines even though i just forgot that one uh but uh yeah freaking he signs that baseball avoid the clap that's good advice like i love that (laughs) that's such a fun line um or when he tells that one other like chaperone like the female chaperone he's like oh, i was a big fan of your work on on uh the wizard of oz like <laughs> just calling her like the witch from the wizard of oz or whatever just like all these random little lines that like, that movie that, minds, that movie in general is full of great lines but a lot of them are like greatly delivered by tom hanks um yeah and so yeah that would be uh that would be number six for me i love that movie got like really emotional number seven right? um one two three ten nine eight seven number seven yes correct um so number which does mean that we forgot to do our not top are there any not tops is it even possible to put together a not top three of tom hanks films? Uh, not top three would be tough man i can't think of all right we can we I can, can think i can think of one let's do it just for the one all right let her rip wait before we do that let's let's get some music going kev hit it real quick 
All right. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. This will be brief. There's only one time I've ever watched a Tom Hanks movie where I'm like, it feels like it's still quality, but it feels like this one may have been slightly mailed in. And it was uh, Inferno, one of the Dan Brown movies. Yeah, I actually think all of his Robert Langdon is pretty phoned in. I never saw Da Vinci I did. Code. It's not um, good. Yeah, I uh, I read Inferno. It was fine. We saw Inferno. Sorry, um, Jameson. Also, very much sorry, Jameson. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's not entirely his fault, but it's bad. He's, he's not good though. He's not. He's. It's, he doesn't elevate it much. Um, that's a tough movie. Yeah. So wait, it's Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons is the next one, and then yeah. Inferno is yeah. the third one. I think I think right. so. I think technically Angels and Demons yeah. precedes Da Vinci Code. Yeah, but Inferno Whatever. is the like the the is the end of that train. I think as far Which as which one is the one go. with Ewan McGregor? Is he in Angels and Demons or Da Vinci Code? I think he's in Angels and yeah. Demons. Okay, those movies are weird. I'm not like deeply religious, and I don't really know that much about like Catholic history or Catholicism. Uh, yet I still watch that movie just like. Kind of, it was. I, I, I didn't. Every, I didn't really understand. Which one now? Angels and demons. You're I talking? saw. I saw Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demon. Yeah. Um, I just remember the guy that kept whipping himself with the cat on nine's tail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Well, <clears throat> you can skip Inferno, and we can go back to talking about good Tom Hanks if you'd like. <laughs> we totally could. I haven't seen Inferno. Mike, any commentary on that, or we're. Uh... No, but I, I've seen him as Robert Langdon in The Da Vinci Code, and I think most people would tell you that was the best of the three, and he was bad in that one. Yeah, okay, fair. I so that It's a movie I probably will never, ever see again. I have seen it, but I can't remember enough. So maybe the fact that I can't remember him in that performance speaks volumes, because I, I remember everything else I have seen him in. And so um, next on the list is number uh, number six is Catch Me If You Can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he and uh, he and Leo. He's almost bad in this movie. Almost. Knock knock. He's almost bad, but he's awesome. Why do you say almost bad? Like the accent is ridiculous. His character is kind of underwritten. Like he's just. This could have been a movie if it wasn't good. We would remember this performance poorly. But because the movie overall was good, my memory is exceptionally positive. He's almost slapsticky, like it, like bump, like the bumbling kind of Clouseauish kind of way. Right? That's intentional. Almost. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just saying it was a fine line. Which he which he dances very well. I love I love I love his character in that movie. I love the chemistry that those that he and Leo, uh, you know, the, the balance that they had. Um, yeah, you're right. He is campy or like kind of just slapsticky is a good way to describe him. I, I hadn't thought to describe that before, but it's just when I. Carl yeah. Hanray. When I think of that one scene where he tells Carl, <laughs> Carl, when, when he tells that knock knock joke to those guys, <laughs> he's just <laughs> he's like knock knock. <laughs> just the, the way knock, he delivers knock. that is just so funny. Um, but yeah, I think even but going back to like you know the top like the theme of like um, you know what's the word you had like like just having that overall cast like ensemble cast. This is not an ensemble cast. But he also has yeah. like relatively limited team uh, screen time in this movie as well, so that's why it's kind of like at number six. Uh, I promise you, every movie above this, he is prominently in the movie and is like the guy. And so, but I really like I, 
Catch Me If You Can is another one of those like you know nostalgic childhood movies I really enjoyed. I love I loved Leo's character. I love the way like Leo yeah. does a phenomenal job. Christopher Walk uh, Christopher Walken as well. Um, Amy, Amy Adams, Adams Martin yeah. Sheen. It's like like a terrific yeah. film. I think it was really important. I think that this movie could have basically gone in in kind of a very different direction where the Tom Hanks character is a major adversary of the Frank Abagnale character. And I think that's just a really different movie where they try to turn Tom Hanks character into like a big counterbalance to Leo's character. And I think he would have done great in that. I don't like that movie as much, but I think given the way that they made this movie where his character is meant to just be kind of a role player while Leo gets to have all the fun was, was a really good decision for the movie as a whole, and I think Tom Hanks killed it in that role. Agreed. I, in relation to us as our little like friend group or whatever, I've always, I've always kind of seen myself as like you know Frank Abagnale Jr. and you guys, the rest of you guys, <laughs> all five of you form the collective, like you're a collective Carl Hanratty or whatever, and you're just <laughs> that is true. <laughs> trying to correct that is a good description. <laughs> trying to correct the entropy that like what's what's the word entropy? <laughs> the entropy that I tried to spread throughout the universe. It's uh. <laughs> Not necessarily bad. It's just you know sometimes it's not lawful, and so. <laughs> Alex, are you telling me that that check is going to bounce? Man, I can totally see you guys coming up to my house, bluffing me, being like, "Alex, the whole the whole French Legion is out there waiting to arrest you. You know that." <laughs> Be like, no, they're not. If I ever see you piloting an airplane, I'm about to get on. We're going to have a big problem. I will not be on that flight. <laughs> I'll be there, baby. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So top five. Next, number five. This is uh, this is where it gets really difficult for me. And when I, like, before I even mention any of this, these five, they're pretty much, it almost feels like they're interchangeable at this point. Uh, but I'm going to try. Okay. I'm going to try to, like, offer some rationale. But I do want you to know that I think, like, any of these five could be number one, number two, number three, number four for me. And so... Uh, the next one I have is uh, is Castaway, and so it almost feels like I'm putting Castaway at the at the bottom of this top five is because I haven't seen it in a while, but I just remember just being blown away by it, and just I think it's just the fact that oh you know I'm gonna hold on like so here the fact that nothing really happens you know like he's stuck on this island and he's like he, the only friend he like he interacts with the volleyball with a face painted on it he's so he's convinced like he's like he's so convincing he's perfect in his role and um i'm just trying to think like well how does it like it's hard to like really set it apart from all the other ones um you know all the other ones that i put in the top five and so yeah just like his execution of this role like it's like it's like a scary movie it's a scary like and i don't i think with another actor it's not as compelling it's not as scary because i feel like i've seen other movies where people are kind of stranded or like there's like I think I haven't seen 127 hours or whatever that movie is with James Franco. You know, I think Frank like I don't think like someone like Franco could have done this role as well as Tom Hanks did, even though Franco did a very similar movie. And so, yeah, I'm curious. What do you guys think? I would argue that those movies are really not similar in as many ways as you might think. Now, I haven't seen 127 hours, but my impression is that, that movie is pretty focused on his experience of getting out of a situation like that whereas castaway he's off he's rescued probably i don't know halfway through the movie and the bulk of the chops of his in that movie are 
you know, playing a person that has come back from a scenario like this, like he's trying to reintegrate himself back into to normal society. And like, I think that's where he does most of his best work in this movie. That being said, I haven't seen this since I was in high school or something. So it's been a long time. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, I just look at this as a movie where you have to ask the question, who else could have done this? Who else would have gotten this movie made and who else could have hit all of the story beats the way that he did the, the like hitting all of the story beats. There's probably some other people who could have done this role as, you know, at least in the ballpark of as well as he did. I, I think that the role is not as challenging as some of the other ones, but I just can't imagine somebody else getting that pitch. Like I can't imagine a bunch of studio executives hearing this pitch about anybody, but Tom Hanks and giving it the green light. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if anyone could have hit that scene um, where he shouts Wilson repeatedly. You know, like that's I feel like that was a, I, I don't I don't know what makes a scene challenging, but I feel like for like that scene sticks out to me is like, you know, that's that that's that movie in a nutshell. And so like I think I, I don't know if there's anyone else that could like master that scene as well as he did. Like the desperation in his voice, like I hear it, like I hear it so well. And so um, hmm, yeah, I I think it's like I said, hard to distinguish with the other ones. I, I, I see what you guys are saying where like, like he doesn't really, you know, I kind of forget the parts where he, he integrates, reintegrates into society. I remember like his wife remarries, right? Yeah. yeah. He comes back. Oh, sorry. It's, it's also worth noting that he's the only person on camera for like 40 minutes. Yeah. Like, that's, I, I, it's hard to carry a movie like that. Um, I mean, I'm sure if we thought about it, we could we could think of other examples, but none are coming to mind right now. Yeah, there, there's been other there's been other movies where they like think about Locke, the movie with Tom Hardy, where like the whole pitch is just one actor. But I just looked on the Wikipedia page. This movie made four hundred and thirty million dollars. There, there's four hundred and thirty million dollars. That's just staggering for a movie that, to your point, stars one person for 40 minutes. And that's the Tom Hanks factor. Like, this, this is one of those situations where I I don't think I, I'm not debating how good he was in this movie. He was great. All I'm saying is he you can kind of have a hard time distinguishing this from some of his other performances on screen itself. What you can't do is think that anybody else on Earth would get this movie to gross 430 million bucks. And but it, the thing is, like, you could you could do Castaway with like ben affleck but then it's an entirely different movie right like then it's like almost it's more i don't know it it would have a very different tone to it i think this is the same thing as saving private ryan like he nails it as like the fedex guy at the beginning which is like the stupid like dumpy like fedex guy that cares about the clock inside of a package and so it's that's why the island stuff is so effective because he's just like some desk guy that's Tom Hanks. I guess the Martian is like the closest I can think of. And that's that's very different. And it, but that's that's like as close as you would get. That was a huge movie starring a huge movie star. And that was and that was, you know, 15 years later was the next time that I think a comparable kind of relatively comparable situation arose. Mm. I hadn't seen that. I actually haven't seen the Martian. <gasps> oh, it's so good. You have to see it. Matt Damon, right? It's Matt Damon. All right. Oh, yeah. 
Matt Damon, what are you doing here? Matt Damon in space is he, yeah. like, he's starting to like blend to me. I can't like I mean maybe just with uh, Interstellar, but uh, yeah, just all right. I'll have to add that to the list now that I have infinite time. Um, so hell yeah! All right, number four, Philadelphia. Didn't he get the Oscar for this one? This was this. We don't have to spoil, but this was one leg of the only ever back to back. Right? Oh, am I am I right about that, back Alex? To back? I I he was at least nominated back to back. I think he won back to back best actors. Yeah, he won two consecutive. Okay, and and I don't think that that's ever happened before. Wow, I had no idea. I didn't. I, hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, we can talk about the other one later because it will come up. Um, what year was Philadelphia? Yes. <laughs> what year what? was Philadelphia? Uh, ninety three or ninety four. Uh, ninety four. Well, the movie came out in ninety three. He won the Oscar in ninety four. Yeah, and the other one was ninety four, ninety five. Oh, okay, right. all right. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, but yes. So this movie, this movie, I I knew the song because I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. So I knew the song long before I had seen the movie, and I actually watched the movie on like Hulu while doing a summer program it was the it was like a week-long thing it was the first time i'd ever really been away from home uh at georgetown and i was in my dorm room alone and i was like what the hell am i gonna do <laughs> and i ended up watching philadelphia and it was a huge mistake it's... it was wildly depressing yeah. <laughs> uh, but tom hanks was just astonishing in that yeah. movie. have you seen it kyle oh no. man should we talk about specific scenes mike yeah, we should. It's 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 been around. I mean, I think Kyle knows the premise. He's a he's a guy who ends up getting HIV, which progresses to AIDS, and he's unlawfully terminated by his law. This, from, yeah, and you know, for his diagnosis. It's important. Like this is in the eighties, so like this is what like at the start of yeah. like the AIDS epide- uh, epidemic, and yeah. so like like there are small ways he's like subtly treated that you know kind of yeah, alienates him. Like I know I think Denzel Washington plays his lawyer and yeah and i'm looking right now the americans with disabilities act was signed in 1990 so this was this i don't know if that specifically covered people with hiv and aids yes it is it was so it's like really important this was the movie came out just after think about that just after a federal law was put in place that mandates you couldn't discriminate against somebody for having hiv like well yeah like i remember i'll never forget this scene this is when he meets his lawyer denzel played by denzel washington and you know denzel knows about the case he knows who tom hanks like he knows his character what what's you know that he has hiv and like tom hanks goes in to shake denzel washington's hands and like you can see denzel washington kind of like winch away or kind of just like feel like be a little bit grossed out and so it was like you know, it was a very small part of, like, very small scene, but it's just, like, it really just captures, like, the, you know, the vibe, like, how people feel, what they don't understand or know about this epidemic, and so, yeah, like, that's, like, just, like, small micro, like, a micro regression, so to speak, of, like, you know, someone who had, who was dealing with HIV, and then, yeah, he gets unlawfully terminated, and there's, like, a scene where I think really makes the movie is when he's in the courtroom, like, he's, most of the movie is him in the courtroom kind of just explaining, you know, what it was like to be discriminated against like all of his like in his i think was he a lawyer am i mis- was he not a lawyer himself yeah he works he worked for a law firm and all the you know all all the um you know all the other partners and associates would 
make jokes, you know, making fun of gay people. And so, uh, you know, he would always just kind of like, there's a part where he's just kind of sitting there and he's not really smiling or anything, but he's just kind of like pretending to like be a part of the group. And he just, he just captures that like discomfort so well. Like, it's just like, he's clearly being isolated, alienated for who he is. And, but he's like trying to progress in his career and like get become partner or associate at his law firm. And so he like sits there and he takes it, but he's clearly what, you know, not a part of it. And so he captures that discomfort really well. And then this is like ultimately probably the saddest part is when he ultimately says in court, like he had like he just sh- he shows how he has AIDS and he shows like all these spots on his on these on his body. And it's super sad. Like I, I'm pretty sure, you know, I, I probably like cried or two there when I like walk. I did. Yeah, I absolutely it was, like, did. It's it's horrifying. It was, it was so I- jarring and it's just like he captures the intensity of that moment so well and i i don't i like i posit to think like he only tom hanks can pull off that scene so like yeah so well totally agreed i think what's interesting about a role like this is uh especially where it's it's specifically an issues movie this is a movie about the treatment of gay americans with hiv and aids at this time it's like a very specific message that this movie is trying to be about and I think I think we've probably heard about the concept of the magical black man, which is basically the concept that you're a black person in a story surrounded by white people and you're such a good black person that you teach the white people to like black people. It's this very long held trope in literature and film. And there's a similar impulse to do that with other issues where you have the magic in this example, you could have the magical gay character where this is a character whose forbearance is just so epic that they, they kind of overcome the prejudice around them because they're so patient with it. That's one extreme. The other extreme of, of this, like where you have somebody facing prejudice is to have them be, you know, kind of militantly against the prejudice that they're facing. And what's really tough about an issues movie is you have to kind of thread the needle where you're not pandering to the people who don't understand what you're talking about by making this a magical character. But you also can't alienate them and get them to not watch it because then your issue doesn't come across. So it's just a really hard thing to do. And I think Denzel did that really well with a lot of those black characters he played in the early 90s in these issues movies. And so I think Denzel is maybe the the character who I or the actor who I can see pulling off a role like this as well as Tom Hanks did. But Tom Hanks in this exact role just pulled that off perfectly because you are saying, and I think you're totally right, like the part where Denzel won't shake his hand is so important because we have to feel that Andrew, the Tom Hanks character, gets it. Like he understands that people are afraid and they're confused. And they need to be brought along, but it also has to hurt him and he also has to be angry. And you kind of have to get all of that at once. And that's really hard. That and, and Tom Hanks just did it incredibly well. Just incredibly well. Yeah. It's that's a movie where it really just sparks emotion for me. Like just thinking about it, I'm already like a little bit sad. Just like like I haven't I haven't watched it in probably like ten years, but it, it's just that's a movie that stuck with me. And um, yeah, he, he just he just brings that role to life. It's super powerful. I, if you haven't seen it, Kyle, you definitely definitely take some time too. Yeah, uh, that's a big hole in my uh, my movie resume, but an understandable one. It's a grueling experience. This yeah. is not, it's like watching Schindler's List. It's a great movie, but it's it's tough. It's weird. Like it's weird. I watched this with my dad. I think it's weird to. It's hard. I, I imagine as a parent, it's hard to like 
introduce these movies to your kids you know it's like i can't imagine when my dad thought like this this weekend we should watch philadelphia i think it was just yeah. it feels like a movie that's just like okay you know if you we're not really doing anything. We should just watch this. This is a good movie. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if my dad had, had it on his, like, you know, when... Uh, yeah, like, what's the circumstances when you queue it up? Yeah, it's hard yeah, to know. Yeah, it's, it's that powerful a movie where it's like, you really have to think about it, you know? Like, if you do it casually, it's gonna yeah. be, it's gonna leave your son wondering ten years from now, like, why did my dad make me watch that movie? You know? <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's number... F- I think that was number four. And so... Pushing on to number three, and uh, again, reiterating that these are, many of these are interchangeable with number one, but I'm putting Forrest Gump at number three. Whoa, that is a huge upset yeah. to have that at number three. Damn, son. Yeah. Number three is Forrest Gump, and like I said, repeat, it could be number one, could be number two. It's really, um, I think... Whew, it's it's going to be hard for me to really rationalize this, but you'll you'll hear like it's more about why I put number one at number one. Less it has less to do with Forrest Gump and more to do with this other movie that I put at number one. But yeah, Forrest Gump is obviously like that's his movie. Like that's the movie everyone. Well, that's one of like the five movies everyone knows Tom Hanks by. But that's like arguably the most like noticeable. Like everyone knows Forrest Gump to to the point where it's been parodied and like made a reference within other movies such as Tropic Thunder. Um, and, uh, and so, and can I just say? So we don't have to say the actual advice because it's extremely offensive. But the it it actually raises a really good point because there's there's two actors having a discussion and they obviously do it in very offensive terms but they're talking about as an actor like picking your roles appropriately and that it's really important to to never make yourself an object of pity on the screen and never to go too far and i think what's really interesting is that advice applied to this movie is it's it's mind blowing that Tom Hanks was able to select a role where he's somebody with such an intellectual deficit and to have an entire film where he's playing a character like that and to have him kind of emerge as our favorite actor on the planet is just amazing. Like it's just, it's career suicide to take on a role like this, like legitimate it's career suicide to even appear in this movie. But for Tom Hanks, that list, yeah, that list is short. Like the ask is huge. The payoff, nobody. This 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 list the, is one. This is a list of. You one. think so? Oh, wow, wow, yeah. I, I who I was trying to think who could actually like going back to the, the other two guys that I put as like top actor, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman maybe do any role maybe. ever. <laughs> he's, he's genius. He's so amazing. Um, but then I don't think De Niro could, or his version of like De Niro's version would be like kind of like an aggressive. He would do Frankenstein, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> um, but yeah, that movie, you know, Tom Hanks makes me love that movie so much. Like that's how, like he, he like that movie makes me love American history so much. It makes me love this country. Like you, cause you get, cause you get to see like, and it's weird cause you see it, you see this country through its like, most tumultuous periods you know like the vietnam war civil rights movements um i think it briefly covers like you know like drug covers drugs and like does it not does it cover aids it covers, it covers AIDS. AIDS. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it covers so many like you know dark moments in american history but like through that you see like this pure like you know innocence this present like 
yes, intentionally, like, uh, intellectually deficit, but also innocent and, like, brave and kind. Like, this, like, it's almost like, you know, it, it's like saying that, you know, everyone, like, that's always been there, but it's just, like, hidden underneath all the shitty things that happened, like, throughout the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, but, yeah, just that scene where, like, the finding scene of that movie is... It's hard to pick, but probably when he tells Jenny that you know he loves her, he loves her, and that like you know, oh, I just like he's like I'm not you know I may like I'm not I'm not a smart man, man, but I know what love is, and I'm just like get the fuck out of here. That's just (laughs) 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 just, it gets me, it gets me every time. I just I can't. Or like when he and Jenny hug in the the Washington's. I was gonna say at the Washington Monument when he sees her, (laughs) and everyone starts cheering, and he's just like ah. It's so wonderful. Oh, God. Um, one scene that I did not put together, because uh, I probably saw that movie, like, probably when I was, like, single digits. Probably, like, nine or something the first time. And then I probably saw it again when I was, like, 14. I've seen it at least seven or eight times. But, like, the first two or three times, I was too young to understand the scene. But remember when he, like, goes back to Jenny's apartment and, like, she... Uh, He's, uh, he has a premature yeah, issue. He's got it. He has it. He has an issue, and she, she like, well, what does what does Jenny ask him? Like, ask him, like, do you like like do you do you have any girlfriends? Or like, he's like, yeah, yeah sit next to them in home ec. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Do you, have you ever been with a girl? Have you ever been with a girl? Yeah. What was that? Have you ever been with yeah, a woman? Yeah. I think was what yeah, she said. And then she totally does something which. Some people might argue is not a good thing to do now that I realize, now that I'm saying it out loud. Some might argue yes. that, yes. Um, yeah, she, but like when she like, you know, gets really intimate with him and then he, he does this thing. Um, I'm only saying, I'm only saying it like this. You can say he, blo- <laughs> he, he prematurely ejaculates. Okay, all right. I don't, yeah. I don't know who your audience is. <laughs> he splooges. Yeah, he's, he shoots, he shoots his guys, wand. Guys, guys, He spills his candy guys, in the guys, lobby. Guys, guys, you, you know me, you know me, guys, I know. Uh, <laughs> He, yeah. he was he beat the one eyed lizard man. He totally he, <laughs> uh, he flogged the one eyed lizard. He milked his eel. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, um, anyways, yeah. But when he does that, I did not get that scene like the first few times. I'm like, what's he talking about? And then I watched it maybe like I don't know, like four years ago, and I was like, oh my god, he totally jizzes or whatever. And it's just uh, like like scenes. I don't know why I brought that scene up, but it's just like a funny scene to me where it's just like I didn't. No, but he's but he's legitimately good yeah. at it. It's it's another scene that in less capable hands. Yeah, like uh, I don't just doesn't it just doesn't work. It just it it like goes into parody, yeah. but not with him. Yeah. He's just such an, a a superlative actor that it doesn't feel like parody. Yeah, man, that movie is so phenomenal. Like I can't think of one scene where it's just it's just all good. His friendship with Bubba, like him carrying Bubba, like him carrying Lieutenant Dan, his interview with John Lennon, those are all just those are all like special moments. Um, but yeah, that's that's I've said my piece about that. Man is that movie has a special place in my heart. Number two, we are for number two. All oh right, yeah, number two is uh, Big. Big, is, I watched Big a long time ago. I um, probably when I was again very little, couldn't remember too much. And so I watched it again last night, and I was I was just completely in love with the movie. He again just 
no one could do what he did in this role. Like as he like the moment like when he's reading re like he's trying to prove to his like twelve year old friend when he's like an adult like trying to prove to him that like he is who he is and they do that little like song and dance thing. And it's just like you hear a twelve year old doing that through Tom Hanks. It's so it's amazing how he's able to do that. The only other I know the you're only other to say. <laughs> do you? Are you about to talk about a film we watched during a movie weekend? Oh, I wasn't. What are you talking about? I think you're going to compare this to Face Off. What? (laughs) A dude acting as another dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say, Kyle? I was going to say the only person I can, the only actor I can think of that pulls this kind of thing off in a similar way, but in a very different tone is Will Ferrell, Uh, like the child type thing. But he's like that Um, all the time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's different in this movie because like there's some real gravitas or yeah. gravitas to the like the very kind of like in Will Ferrell's movies he's just a child and very rarely actually has to grow up but that's what Big is all about and so to do both ends of that spectrum in the same movie is yeah, yeah. very impressive. I, I think to me, Leo my could favorite. maybe do it. I think Leo, as I think about actors who I think could maybe pull this off, I think Leo could potentially pull. I this feel off. like Leo's roles are like too serious, you know, like. I, I agree, but I think he could. I think he's a character. He's an actor who I think could pull off the serious, weighty part parts of this role, as well as the "I'm an adult" who, through whom you can hear a little kid's voice kind of stuff. But I mean, maybe like certainly not as well as Tom Hanks did. I think your point about like those parts where he's a, a grown ass man, but he's a boy trapped in that body is just he's so good at that. Like the um, the scene in the boardroom where he's like telling them like how they need to make their. Toilet. I don't get it. Like I don't get so it. Who's so good? Who who's the female lead? I think in this her movie? name is Elizabeth Mo- Perkins. Her, her name in the movie is uh, Susan. Yeah, she's great. She's my favorite uh, statutory rapist in film. Oh history. my god! Yeah. <laughs> the movie is rated PGs. Right behind Jenny. That, yeah. <laughs> the movie is rated PG, so I was really surprised when like he totally feels her up in the movie i'm like what the way time to fuck yeah. out and yeah she's great though i just want to say she's in a bunch of 90s stuff and she's oh, yeah, awesome she's great and but the scene at the very end when when he knows that he's going back to being a kid and tries to give her a kiss and she's like and like that just like on both ends of that equation like it's a really nice moment and uh i to me that's my favorite tom hanks performance i fucking love yeah. big it's it's like that there's one scene where like that when she when he reveals to her like how old he actually is she asks him she's like so how old are you really she's like 15 16 and then he's like uh 13 and then it's like she's like like obviously disappointed but then she's like it's like made it it makes it seem like if she had said that he was 16 she would have been okay with it and so (laughs) it's really uh understated um but yeah just like it's funny you bring up a good point where he actually in the movie he actually does grow up like he it's like he actually acts like a grown-up at certain points you know like he's he's taken on like a v an executive level role within this company <laughs> uh when he like does like the dancing scene like the dancing on the piano thing that's like oh, a, on a the class- keys that's classic and then he brings the girl elizabeth perkins back to his apartment he doesn't do anything with her he like tries like he jumps on a trampoline with her i loved every yeah sleepover. you mean like sleepover I get to be on top and it's just like the it's just <laughs> the silly double on top it's, it's so, so good. good and 
she goes in and she's like so like what the fuck is going on but she just rides with it and it's just the act like that it's very like it's so well written where like when she like she, her former boyfriend's like an asshole or whatever and he's asking her why do you like him and she's like because he's an adult and i'm just like get the fuck out of here <laughs> this is so this is this is so cool and so yeah that movie is phenomenal it is pretty fucked up on a lot of levels but i think yeah, whatever we don't need to address that too yeah much. like the 90s has a lot of free flow with that and so um yeah number one Wait, 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 don't go to number one. Kyle, do you know what number one Did is? Did you even guess what my number one is? I only have one... There's only one movie I can think of that I could entertain being, like, in the top half of this list that we haven't talked about yet. I, it would have to be this one, just because the other ones I can think of I don't think would be up here. I don't know. I'm so curious. All right, guys, number one is You Got Mail. Nah, just kidding. It's not You Got Mail. <laughs> it's, uh... It's the terminal. Terminal is number one for me. Oh, so, so this is funny because that was one of the first ones that I wrote when I got with this. So this is like the classic. This is the same situation as the Lady Killers. It's not that good of a movie. Oh, I disagree. But without I love that movie, yeah, it's I fine. Love that movie. But without Tom Hanks, this movie is nothing. Yeah. Have you seen it, Kyle? I've only I watched like the first half hour once. I've never finished it's, it. It's it's one of my favorite. It's it feels weird to say. It almost feels bad to say that it's my favorite Tom Hanks movie. But it is my favorite Tom Hanks movie just because it's just the man play like you know what it's about. He play he plays an immigrant who has lost his country. It's, yeah. By the way, I didn't realize this until like not too long ago that the country is not a real country. And so I was yeah, gonna say I remember it being fake. It's not right? a real country. And so he's like acting out like he's making like he, his character like he's acting out someone that comes from a not real country. Obviously, it's like supposed to be like an Eastern European country. And so he captures those mannerisms, but yeah. like, is, but but just doing little things is like speaking like like. Probably, I don't know if it's a real language or not, but just like he captures the mannerisms of someone from a country that I would believe to be from that area, area so well. I'm looking now. He was speaking Bulgarian. Bulgarian? All right. Dumb. Yeah. Um, what was it? It's just the facts of that movie. You see, with Castaway, he is mostly on that little island. Then he you know, gets on to like a raft and then he gets picked up by it goes back to society whereas the terminal he is strictly in within the confines of an airport and i just like to me it's almost like watching again you know i know we just did we just talked about big but it's almost like watching a child begin an airport at the first time yeah. and it's just like a child trying to find himself <laughs> find ways to entertain himself within an airport and because I just remember like the way he's like, he's amazed by it. Like, he's just like, he's able to like, you know, find little things to do to keep busy and just really just not necessarily have fun, but like to entertain himself in the way that like the first time I went to an airport, I felt the same exact way. And so it almost felt like I was like just reliving my first airport experience, except I get to leave and he has to stay there and like keep living his life. But I think that like, I think he really does make that movie as well. Um, you know, the fact that he comes from this made-up Eastern European country, the fact that, like, he forms a romance with uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, despite not really, you know, she's a, she's a flight attendant, she speaks fluent English, he doesn't, and so, like, um, I'm gonna bring up the movie Wally recently, and, like, one of the reasons, like, why Wally is such a great movie is, like, it's a romance movie that involves two entities that 
can't speak English or like they don't communicate the way we communicate. And so this is the exact same thing. And like, I've seen that in other movies, but this is one of those movies where it's like, it doesn't work out for him. Like she leaves him, which I actually think makes the movie stronger. But when the moments it does, like where they do connect, I think it's so profound. And like the other, the, the supporting cast is great as well. Diego Luna is, uh, Oh, Diego Luna is so good. Diego in this Luna movie. is phenomenal. And oh. he's, Zoe Saldana, I forgot. Zoe this Saldana movie. plays Diego Luna's Stanley Tucci. Yeah, yep. damn. Uh, he's uh, he's the antagonist trying to keep Tom Hanks. Uh, but it's just yeah, like I'm glad you brought up his name. I almost forgot to talk about him. But like, there's a scene where you know Stanley Tucci. He's like he's the head of like airport security at JFK or LaGuardia. I can't remember which. But he's like he tells Tom Hanks that he his passport is no longer valid. And so, like, he has a hard time explaining in English. And so he, what he does is he takes his lunch. He takes a bag of potato chips, and he's like, Mr. Navorsky, your country is this bag of potato chips. And then he just, like, smashes the potato chips, and it flies all over Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks isn't even mad. He's just, like, sitting there, and he's just, like, looking really nice, just, like, and then the guy, uh, Stanley Tucci is like, that's your country. It no longer exists. And he's just like, he just handles that scene so perfectly. He's just awkwardly sitting there. He doesn't understand what's going on with him. Like, he knows it's bad. And so, like, he knows, like, he can't leave. But he just can't understand fully why until, like, maybe, like, an hour into the movie where, like, like he knows there's, like, a civil war going on. But he doesn't really know that, like, the country has, like, fallen and that his that passport is no longer valid. And so... Um, did you, Kyle? Did you ever learn the reason why he's in America in the first place? I don't. He's think there because so. his dad like is a big jazz fan, so he comes to New York City and he like he carries like a uh, a can of peanuts and he wants to go to like every jazz. Like, he wants to go get the si- inside is like the signature of like a lot of famous jazz musicians from New York, and so he flies to New York so that he can you know get the last signature of a guy that his dad really liked. And so that's what I think that's, you know, that's more story than Tom Hanks. But I think that's what makes this movie so perfect is that he's on, on on this little quest. He's not trying to immigrate to the U.S. He wants to go home, um, but he's there to, like, fulfill, like, a small thing for his father. And so, like, he's like when he's conflicted about like when he's runs into problems with like airport security and trying to leave and like there are moments where he's crying himself. You can really feel the like, you know, you really feel his pain. You really feel like the anguish and like the urgency that you know that like why he's there is just so you know it's it's unquantifiable to him like he again he's not trying to move to this country he's trying to do he's on a quest like it's very rare for people to take quests in this day and age you know (laughs) like a quest for us is like going to get groceries or something but this quest like you just imagine doing something for like a loved one and just like trying to get through the power that is the u.s government it's 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 a wonderful movie i think it's great i know mike said that he he doesn't think it's a good movie but i I think it's phenomenal i I think it's a fine movie i just think it's it's ranked higher on this than you'd expect purely from the quality of the film but from the quality of his performance both like just as a a nuts and bolts actor and as a star totally agree that it should be really high i'm not sure it should be number one but it should definitely be super my question is how often do you see I guess Americans take on like foreigners, you know, like how, how often do you see Americans like portray foreigners in movies? Not all that often. Uh, Leo will do it occasionally, but yeah, it's definitely like the degree of, I would say the degree of difficulty is high, not as high as some of the other roles on this list, but probably in the top 
three in terms of difficulty. Well, I think this falls into a similar category for me as Forrest Gump, where I think there was a serious risk of getting laughed out of the theater because it's like a, it could be a really schlocky kind of dumpy role where you're a little bit ridiculous with a funny accent and it's a weird plot. And the very fact that he wasn't, and this actually was a pretty big hit. Um, I think again, just points to Tom Hanks as the star that he is. Mike, do you have any other movies you would, or what about your honorables, Alex? Let's wrap oh, up yeah. those. Yeah. Let's, we got, we got a boogie on. Yeah. Those. So my honorables yeah. were, um, I guess Charlie Wilson's war is one. Um, yeah, he's really good at yeah, that movie. Yeah, I, uh, I just, I don't remember really, like, I thought that was a good movie. I just didn't really care for it that much, but I really, like... It's good, not great, but he was terrific in it. Yeah, he just, he plays a congressman. He's basically, the like, he helps, like, fund the Afghani resistance against the Russian invasion, in, like, the, like, in the 80s. And so, yeah, he plays a congressman that's kind of, like, you know, kind of a playboy, but then he learns to, like, really care, actually do his job. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, yeah it's a it's a good movie it's a decent movie it's just not one of the ones i would write home about him specifically but um julia roberts is in it she's uh, you know obviously a great actress really like her as well um what else i probably apollo 13 again haven't seen that movie in ages but like um that's another one of those ensemble cast type of movies you know um I i can't it's hard for me to really speak in detail but i know it's like a good movie that is just yeah, fine. Yeah, I know it's a good movie, and I know Tom Hanks is great in it. And then, I guess this counts as one movie, even though it's two, but, like, You've Got Mail and Slash Sleepless in Seattle. I I love those movies. I, I watched them both the last two days, and uh, probably You've Got Mail is the better one for me. I really like the dynamic that he has with Meg Ryan. Well, it's also cool that he can be such a good romantic lead when he's not that good-looking of a dude. Like, he's not a very traditionally handsome guy. He's, he's like, a fine-looking guy. But usually those are much more dashing dudes, and the fact that he can pull that off is a testament to his charisma. I, I have a theory about, like, male actors, you know, just, like, the best ones, like, of the three that I mentioned, De Niro, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Tom Hanks, they're, none of them are, like, really that good-looking. Like, young De Niro is, yeah. like, maybe, like, decent. People talk about Brad Pitt as being too good-looking, and, like, whether or not you agree with that, there definitely is a, there's a sweet spot. Yeah, but I think just, like, when you're... Because I don't like these guys know that they're not like the Ryan Reynolds or like the Ryan Goslings of their time. They knew that when they got on, like when they you know were put on this onto the screen. And I feel like that makes a person want to like be better, like to like prove themselves, you know. And so I think that's what ultimately what a guy like Tom Hanks does. Like he was never like that macho like Hollywood heartthrob or anything like that. But he was always you know a super talented actor, and he I think he really shows that. Um, same with Philip Seymour Hoffman, and I don't know as much with Philip, uh, with Robert De Niro because I think younger him was somewhat good looking, but like, like what the roles that he later became known for were not roles in which he was associated with like good looks. Uh, what else you got for your honorable? Uh, probably Green Mile as well. Another movie I saw a long time ago, but again, can't really speak to speak volumes to it. I think. Um... Kyle, I'll rattle mine off real quick. So I think there's a couple recent ones where he was good, like good, not great. Movies were good, not great. I I think uh, Captain Phillips, I thought he was good. Um, You know, good movie. He was pretty good. Uh, The Post, I I didn't really like The Post, but I thought he was, you know, he was good in that movie. 
Same with Sully. He was he was good in Sully. The movie was not very good. I haven't um, seen those. That's why I didn't include them. <laughs> yeah, they're they're all kind of fine. Now, one that would kind of risk getting lost in that bunch that doesn't deserve to be lost in that bunch is Bridge of Spies. He's spectacular in that movie, and that's actually a really good movie. So I would say Bridge of Spies should maybe be on there. Um, another movie that's kind of Tom Hanks as a total star that's like good, but way elevated by him is saving mr banks so i haven't seen the uh mr rogers movie yet but i suspect it might be somewhat similar where it's like he's just so magnetic in a movie that's you know good but he's just incredible um i also think road to perdition is an absolutely incredible film i i really love that movie and he's really good in it as like a conflicted guy in the the criminal underworld um, and he plays like a kind of a scumbag in a way that's very Tom Hanks, but really, really good. Um, so I would stump, I would stump for like seriously stump for Bridge of Spies as a uh, kind of back end inclusion. I might even consider Road to Perdition, but the only two I would mention are um, that thing you do. He pl- plays uh, Mr. White. I. He's said many times that that's like the only movie of his that he'll go back and watch, and it's his favorite of his movies. That movie's fucking incredible. Um, he's got a pretty small, but he the thing is he also directed it, um, so his role in it is not outsized. But um, he's really good in the time that he is in it. And this is one of my all time favorite movies. Uh, I grew up under the impression that everyone worshipped this movie, like I did. Uh, it turns out it's just our family that loves it, and mostly because it's like one of my dad's very no. Movies. What the hell is that? It's called the Money Pit. So it's Tom. It's like one of his very first roles. He looks like a basically like a kid still. Um, and he, I don't remember the actress's name, but the two of them are newlyweds, and they have the opportunity to buy this house that is like a mansion, and it's coming at them very cheap, and they pounce on it, and it's it's like a very goofy. Um, it's a it's just a straight up comedy like it's a this house is a money pit like they have to completely redo it basically so it's a lot of like physical comedy um but it's one of his first roles and it's i think he's actually fucking hilarious in it and it's very different from what his career ended up being it might be on netflix and it's like 90 minutes i highly recommend the money pit for those looking yeah. for some vintage doesn't seem to be rated well but that's but... the thing is like I, I, yeah i don't want i saw it when i was like five and like i've seen it a hundred times um so it's one of those movies i love the money pit it doesn't belong on this list but my dad would kill me if i didn't bring it up um so i'd say in the interest of time i think we just leave the list as is and and leave it as a monument to alex's insight kyle uh yeah i agree i like alex's takes yeah so alex why don't you run us back through the list real quick and we'll wrap this baby up uh, all right, so going down or up, whatever. Ten, ten was Polo Express. Then nine was Lady, the Lady Killers. Eight was Saving Private Ryan. Seven was Catch Me If You Can. Six was Le- uh, wait no, seven was Leave, uh, League of Their Own. Six was Catch Me If You Can. Five was Castaway. Four was Philadelphia. Three was Forrest Gump. Two was Big, and one was The Terminal. I love it. I love I, I that is I love when we it's like when Kyle's dad did Denzel Washington. I love getting people's takes on like what's their favorite role. That's that's a fun one. So beautiful yeah. job. 
Thanks for doing this list because I don't think I would have ever just done this on my own. Yeah. Um. So, and thanks for also thanks for just like texting me and being like, I want to do this list. That's the best kind of list that we do. So thank you yeah. for doing this. I am going to watch more Tom. Cruise uh, I'll also, maybe we can do that one, but probably nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the meantime, I will thank Kevin McLeod for mixing up the stanky beats that we use for the not top three and for our intro. And I will also thank my sister Aaron for mixing together our artwork. It's fantastic stuff. And if you want to see more of Aaron's artistic stylings, she has an Instagram that is Sant Design for your previewing pleasure. Word to that. And speaking of delightful artistic stylings, uh, you can check out the work of our social media director on our Instagram, top10km, 10 is spelled out T-E-N. You can check out her personal stuff at cml.photos on Instagram. And again, that's my fiance, Caroline, and her wonderful stylings. Now, if you want to shoot us an email to tell us all the ways we've failed you or to tell Alex that it's time to trim that mustache... Uh, you can shoot us an email at top10km at gmail.com. The 10 is also spelled out T-E-N. And finally, while I'm sure you're listening to us on some sort of listening app, if you're looking for another one, we are on the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. So, my friends, that's what I have to say. That's all there is to say, Mike. Thanks again, Alex. Thanks. That was fun. Alex, truly delightful. Bye. Peace. Arrivederci. Do I send this to you?